Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Who's pumped for Ephesians? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Last week, Liz gave us a really good talking to. So I can promise you it will be much nicer today. Okay? No, it was good. It's in the Bible, right? It's good. Um, okay, so I'm going to, I mean, I have been encouraged to preach short today because of our AGM. All right? I, I shouldn't have told you that, but um, I have been. So let's just see how we go with that. Um, I, I, am, I am really excited about this series, actually. God is good the way that he lines stuff up for us. And we're, we're in this season as a church where God is doing some beautiful, amazing things. And when his word just speaks right into that place then it actually, as a leader, it gives you this peace and this confidence to know, as our series is called, you're in the right place. All right? So just turn to the person next to you, tell them you are in the right place. All right? You're in the right place. So week one, week one, Pastor Tam shared, and uh, it was titled, The Best Seat in the house and it was all about our position in Christ that we're seated in heavenly places. A week two last week, Liz came and her message title was We're All In This Together. A few people told me they were just singing the song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And uh, there was something that hit home with me just really profoundly this week as I was thinking about something that Liz shared just from our heart last week where she said that Jesus is our standard. Right, And when it comes to character and the integrity of the way that we live as followers of Jesus, Jesus is our standard. And I think it's such a relevant and deep message for us today because so often we want to consider that maybe the world is our standard. Um, So many of us struggle with expectation and that can be expectations of other people, expectations like our own. And do you know what? That's not even the standard, but our standard is Jesus. And for some people that's daunting, okay, because he was a pretty good dude. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to get there. But here's the thing, like we get to stand in this place where we're a new creation and we're at this beautiful, stunning work of progress, all right? So in grace, you're released from perfection, okay? It, that's, that's an encouragement for anyone that is really struggling and just feeling beaten down, this is a massive encouragement. All right, so this week I, I'm speaking on a passage. I don't know how it came about that I get this passage, all right? But for anyone that knows Ephesians, um, this is a passage about husbands and wives, okay? <laughs> husbands and wives, I hope you've come in a good place today. I hope you're ready to receive this. Um, I've called this message, Walk This Way, all right? There's another song in this one. Who's going to do it? No, okay. We'll leave that. I'm not doing it. Um, anyway, look, I just thought I'd start light, okay, because we, we're getting deep quick shortly. All right, so this, um, I heard Bill Johnson share this recently, okay. 
A couple were Christmas shopping. The shopping centre was packed and as the wife walked through one of the shops, she was surprised when she looked around to find that her husband was nowhere to be seen. She was quite upset because they had a lot to do and so she became so worried that she called him on her phone to ask where he was. In a quiet voice, he said, Do you remember the jewellers we went to about five years ago where you fell in love with that diamond necklace that we couldn't afford and I told you that I would get it for you one day. The wife choked up and started to cry and she said, yes, I do remember that shop. And he replied, well, I'm in the pub next door to that shop. (laughs) That's good, yeah? So we're going to be talking about do's and don'ts as we get into the word today. Wisdom, wisdom. All right, Um, I'm going old school Bible study today, all right? We've got a bit of scripture to cover. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to get the house lights put up. We are going to read through Ephesians chapter 5 to Ephesians 6 verse 9, all right? So what I mean when I say we is you and... I'm just going to get the house lights up a bit and, and I'm just going to give us like five minutes to literally just in your seat, get your Bibles out. If you have your phones, get your phones out. If you didn't bring a Bible with you today, that's totally cool because it's going to come up on the screen for you as well. And Ellen, who's back there, is going to carefully change the slides as you read through it, okay? So I don't do we have some background music or something like just to keep this vibing? We'll see what happens there, all right? So I'm, I'm literally going to just get down and leave you guys to it. Are you all right with this? Okay. Let's, Ephesians 5, verse 1, through to Ephesians 6, verse 9, okay? What I want you to keep your eye out as you read is the do's and don'ts. Paul's encouragement, do this. Paul's encouragements, don't do this, all right? Take it away. All right, how do we go? Good? Yeah? Is that all right, just to read big chunks of Scripture in church? We're good with that? Awesome. All right, let me pray. Father, we just thank you for what we've read. We just thank you for uh, what you're doing in this room and in the hearts of people who are joining us online this morning, Lord. Uh, We just bless it. We welcome it. Holy Spirit, come and speak. I pray um, that in this time there's specific words, specific encouragements for each and every person in this room this morning, Lord. And so help us just to be open to hearing your voice today in a way that transforms us, Lord. We need, we need change. We need this transformation, Lord. We need your work in our lives, Father. And so we just thank you for this time, Lord. Bless it, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, is anyone here scared of heights? Anyone? Okay, yep, yep. So I've found that as I get older, the more scared of heights I get. Is that the same with anyone else? The like shaky knees and the, yeah, everything starts to move. But in saying that, before I pastored, before I got into ministry, uh, I actually worked for Energex. And so working at height was something that I did almost every single day. And uh, 
we would have um, these situations where we had to work on a pole and you've got all your conductors running through there and stuff. And if we had to do something up that pole and sometimes there wasn't a bucket truck available, we would have what were called pole platforms, all right? And you'd climb up a ladder, you'd rig up a pulley and someone would lift this platform up to you and you'd attach it to the pole so that you could stand on it and work where you needed to. So I've got a picture for you here. That's like... I don't know how you could believe this, but this stuff's not really exciting on the internet. So um, that was like the best photo I could find of a pole platform. But you see it, like it's big enough for you to stand on. It's, It's held there by your weight. So when you're getting used to this, it actually feels quite sketchy because it's not actually stable until you stand on it. There's a chain that goes around the pole, but it could essentially just slide down you know, um, and so when you stand on it, it locks it into the pole. Um, and so I've got, a, I've got another picture here just to show you like what sort of situation I'm talking about. We'd work up poles like this and change insulators and do other things and we'd stand on these platforms. The funny thing was is that you could be working up on this platform, so you're probably seven or eight metres up, and this weird thing would happen where you would actually get so comfortable standing on that platform and so unaware of how high you are actually up that you can actually just step straight off the edge of the platform and it happens regularly and don't worry you have a harness you have a belt that goes around the pole you'll fall you'll fall until your harness like catches you and you have this bungee cord on your back as well that's so the bungee cord will let you fall three or four meters before it kind of grabs you but it's the weirdest thing you can be up there and when you first get up there you are shaky and you realize this is high and you realize I don't want to step off this thing that's a bad idea right but once you start concentrating and working away you actually get so comfortable that you can step off this thing and I was thinking about this and I thought like some, some people are just prone to accidents, right? There would be some people in the room who you, you can trip over your own feet, all right? Um, if you're sitting one, next to one of those people today, like just give them a nudge. I know, I know who some of those people are. And, or if there's something to be tripped over, you will trip over it, Right? And here's where I'm going with this. As we're looking at this, this series in Ephesians, Paul is talking about the position that a follower of Jesus finds himself in. And Tam covered this space where a follower of Jesus is first of all seated with Christ. That's where they find rest. It's out of that place that they abide in Christ and then they are able to do their living with and for Christ. All right, so that's the first position they're seated The next position that Paul talks about is how we walk out our faith. And Liz kicked that off last week, and I'm in that space of walking. Next week, you're going to read in Ephesians 6 how Paul talks about it's our time to stand, that we have to stand in what God has given us. We have to stand in that place. So Paul is actually writing to us in this section of Scripture, and he's saying, I want you to watch your step. I don't want you to fall. Now, the beauty of Scripture, something that I love about it, is that we see all these amazing people of the faith and yet we see that even they fell at times, right? And I'm not like, hey, yeah, great, that's awesome, they fell. But it brings you some comfort, right, in the day-to-day 
But yet we come back to this point that Liz made, that our standard is still Jesus, right? So we don't make excuse or exception for it, standing in our life as a new creation, yet we give it to God in grace that we're this work in progress. All right, are you with me? This is a bit of the foundation. So, I mean, how many people would rather not slip and fall, right? That's a given. We, we would all rather just follow Jesus and just get it right. So what I'm going to do is in supernatural speed today, I am going to cover um, three things. This is a great, solid Baptist message. Um, three sections out of what we've just read this morning. And here's the first thing. If you're taking notes this morning, here's the first one. We're called to walk in the light. So what does that mean? I want to unpack this for you real quick. Verse 1 and 2 say this. Imitate God, therefore. What's the therefore? Therefore, because it looks back and it talks about how Jesus has given his life for us. So it says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So here's the thing. The first thing I want you to catch is the primary way we imitate God is to express love. Okay? Now, I know that all the blokes in the room are just like, great. Okay? This lovey-dovey stuff. And I get that, right? But you know what? It doesn't actually let us off the hook. So we... As men, as followers of Jesus, all of us, we have to actually work out what this looks like for us to express love in our life as followers of Jesus, all right? That's going to look different for each one of us, right? And so as as we come and we gather together at church, um, I've realised some people are huggers and some people are not huggers, okay? And uh, maybe there's some men here and some men are huggers and some men are not huggers, right? Have you ever seen men that hug with their arms by their sides? (laughs) They're the ones that I just go, like I really go for. It's good fun. We all express this love. We all imitate God differently. And we need to work out what that looks like for us, okay? But here's a word that comes up and the word is sacrifice. We're going to read it over and over as we read through Ephesians. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And we know that a sacrifice is something that costs us something, right? It's going to cost our will, our hopes, our dreams, our rights, that we have to sacrifice something in this place, that we push that aside and we come and we express love. If sacrifice is a tough word for you to kind of really grab, I want you to think about surrender. I surrender my rights to be able to live this way that God's calling me to live. All right? So here's here's the next part. That was the do. Imitate God. Here's the don'ts. All right? So don'ts, sexual immorality, impurity and greed. So these are inward issues. Then Paul says, um, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. And so these are outward issues, okay? And so in context, Paul's saying, okay, that we need to be walking in the light 
And as we walk in that light, we need to be both aware that our actions and the inward issues, our thought life included, are both very important. They're actually critical to the way that we'll walk in the light. Are you with me? So I don't actually get to unpack um, sexual immorality, um, obscene stories and things like that today, okay? But I think we can fill in the blanks, right? You're with me on that one? So this is so important that Paul says in verse 5, he says, some people will not inherit the kingdom because of these things. So why is it that important? Because how many people know that so often the desires of your heart become the God that you worship? Right? And so if that's sex for you, then that becomes number one in your life. That's the position that the Lord wants, okay? If that is um, status for you amongst your friends that don't follow Jesus and because of that, it means that you make exceptions to the way that you walk, that becomes the God, that becomes the idol in your life and that's the place of the Father. Are you with me? So you can take whatever it is that you feel may fit into that space that Paul's outlined there and consider, is this actually a form of idolatry in my life where my worship actually goes into this place rather than Father? Now that's the black and white way. The next level, because Jesus came and he took things to the next level, right, is that Nothing, like we don't want anything in our lives to actually challenge the Father for that place in our lives. Nothing, nothing can come close to that. It has to be clear that He's number one. All right, so we're called to walk in the light. Number two, we're called to walk by the Spirit's power. I think this one is massive because I think this is actually the greatest problem that faces the church in this point in history is Christians living without the power of the Spirit. And there's this quote, it was a quote by William Booth years ago, okay? I think he nailed it when he said this. He said, the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christians without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God and heaven without hell. So we get into this text and in verse 18, Paul says this, be filled with the Spirit. And what he's talking about is not just a one-off filling, but it's a continued filling. Be filled and go on being filled with the Spirit. So this is the call to the do, okay? And here's the don'ts, all right? In this section of scripture, the don't is don't get drunk on wine. And I realise that like if we were doing a different series, we could really break this down. Um, But at least for a moment here, I have to speak into this because alcohol for us is still a massive issue. And we like to think, yeah, well, that's an issue outside of the church. But the reality is it's an issue inside the church for so many believers as well. And here's Paul and he's addressing this into a context where it was an issue. Maybe right now it's more of an issue. It's not hard to look around us in society and see 
that this is a serious issue, right? I'm speaking as someone that got saved out of a life of excessive alcohol abuse. It was only God's grace that reached in and actually took me out of that life. And so this is something that's really important for us. But here's here's what we actually need to understand is why is Paul saying don't get drunk on wine, instead be filled with the Spirit. And I want you to see this. Getting drunk on wine is a symbol of our old life. Okay? And so you can actually replace this with any number of lifestyle, habits and addictions from your past. But Paul's idea of new creation is that that lifestyle actually got left aside and that we now walk as what he calls um, God's children or God's people. It's just a way, um, in other translations it says holy ones. It means we are set apart from the common. And so as we follow Jesus, now we leave those things, we step out of that and we step into this new life where that was actually a part of our old life. Are you with me? So alcohol, alcohol abuse, excess, uh, this is not a message on is alcohol evil, all right? If someone's like getting excited, is he going for it today? Um, that's not what I'm saying. It's okay, all right? In Baptist world, it's contentious issue, okay? Um, I'm not speaking into that. I'm speaking into what Paul is saying. He's saying, don't get drunk on wine. Now, here's the other reason that we understand that there is this encouragement is because these things that we hold on to in this place are places that we go rather than going to the Lord. And so if we're looking for joy, then it might be a few beers on a Friday night, right? Um, That turn into a few too many beers. Uh, How many people know that you can find joy in the Lord? Yeah, So he does that a lot at encounter nights. So if you haven't experienced that, you need to come and you just get around those people and you won't know what I'm saying until you've experienced, but it's contagious. All right? You can find joy in the Lord. Um, The Lord actually wants us to learn to walk in this way where we go to him who he has unlimited resources for everything that we need. And so I just want to be really plain with you and show you exactly what that looks like. If you are able to identify a need in your life, that's a need that you take to the Father. All right? So if you wake up and you're feeling like, Lord, uh, my head feels, uh, uh, my head's all over the shop today. I'm in a really bad mood. Do you know what? You can actually take that to the Lord and say, God, like, what's what's going on here? Can you help me with this? Um, If you're sad... You can take that to the Lord. Like that sadness, you can deal with that. Like you can self-medicate that in so many ways. Um, but you can also take it to the Lord and he will meet you and bring healing. He will minister to you in that place. Okay. But it's literally this simple. I think we overcomplicate this. Um, if, if you want to like talk to him, talk to him. And it can be the same. Like, God, I'm happy today. This is good. Thank you. Like, it's just this relationship where everything that we need, I have a need for single people. You may be feeling lonely. Lord, I have this need. I'm so lonely right now. Take it to the Lord, right? Instead of doing other things to fill that gap. 
I saw this picture on Instagram. Um, it's not a great photo, but I'll get it put up for you. This is from um, Joanna Gaines. Um, yeah, that's the one. Uh, is that as big as we've got it? Okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's better. Zooming in. Um, this, she found this on the kitchen vanity. Uh, one of her children had actually drawn it onto, it looks like their beautiful marble vanity. You know Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper? Chip and Joanna? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so at first she was freaking out because it looked like it was, uh, you know, a um, Sharpie or something like that. But then she realised it wasn't. And then she actually looked at it and saw what it said. Hi, God, what are you doing? And so her little kid had woken up and gone into the bathroom that morning and just had this thought and decided, I'll put that thought on the kitchen, on the bathroom vanity, right? But this is something that we actually need to get a hold of, right? Is that the Father is here for everything that we actually need. And we need to actually learn this process of identifying those needs in our lives and seeking to see them fulfilled in the Father. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if you're lonely and you go to the Father, then maybe he'll bring someone into your life to help with that, right? But you take the need to the Father, okay? You don't bypass the Father. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, let me keep moving on. Um, we're called to walk in the light. We're called to walk by the Spirit's power. Third one is we're called to walk in submission. Now, that is not a sexy word at all, submission, Okay. Um, now, this is the passage that can really stir things up. And I, I believe, honestly, this passage has been so abused over the years. So let me just read some of this. We're in verse 21 now. Um, it says, Further, so it's building off the back of what's been spoken about, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I want you to know that if we isolate verses in this passage, then they get out of context real quickly. So this is the foundation. This is the context for what Paul is talking about and will go on to talk about. So the first point he's making is submit to one another. All right. Then he goes on, verse 22, it says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is a head of his wife, as Christ is a head of the church. He's the saviour of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. All right. So that can sound pretty direct, right? And pretty full on, especially in a culture where we encourage all sorts of things today. And uh, over the years, as I said, um, this has been really badly applied and abused, this context. But he's... Here's what I wonder was going on, all right? And maybe this will ruffle a few feathers. It's okay. <laughs> I wonder if Paul was addressing a situation here where there were all these women, wives, who were following the Lord and living the way that Jesus was calling them. And there were these men, these husbands, who were kind of dragging the chain. Right, And it was creating tension because the wives were thinking, how can we honour and respect, how can we submit to this man when he is clearly not living too godly? All right? Why does that ruffle some feathers? Maybe that's a situation that you know of. I don't know. I look around these days and I see men and I have such a hunger to see men really just growing in the Lord. Uh, men leading um, men being raised up. And when that happens, this situation disappears quite quickly, all right? So stay with me and let me 
tell you what comes next, all right? Are you good? Okay. So if, if a husband ever feels the need to tell his wife to submit, as we read through this, you're going to see that the wife could maybe then have the right to actually gently remind their husband that they need to be looking and living like Jesus. All right? That's a fight that I'm not going to pick. All right? This is a battle that I don't want to start. Okay? So in context, when this is being used and this is all about wives submitting, I don't want to make light of that either. Please don't hear me just brushing that off. Uh, This is important, but you'll see that we're actually talking about mutual submission. This is what you're going to see. Uh, But in a culture where where that's been so poorly used, I think husbands, we've we've got it pretty, pretty tough here. Okay, here's our calling. This is what it says, verse 25. Husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. All right, you can underline that. Like you can, husbands, we, like we need a tattoo of that on our forehead, all right, that we see every morning as we look in the mirror. Um, that would be an ugly tat because then it would have to be in reverse. For, anyway, sorry. Verse 26, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. All right, so Jesus is our example. Jesus is a standard here. Now, Jesus came and gave up his life for a church that often turned their back on him. Jesus came and gave up his life for a church that was often unloving towards him. Jesus came and gave his life for a church that often insulted him. Are you with me here? Are you seeing what I'm implying? And yet this is the call to husbands to live in this same way. And so you will find that my interpretation of this passage is pretty firm, okay? And so husbands who come to me for counselling and they say, oh, but she's this, this, this and this, you're probably going to leave feeling pretty wounded by the end of that one, okay? Um, In grace and love, okay? Here's, Here's, like this goes to another level. Don't miss this, all right? So not only am I called to give my life for my wife, I believe there's actually a deeper responsibility in this text. And that responsibility is that in my appointed authority as the head, I I have the authority then to love and lead my wife so that she can stand before the Lord holy and clean. So hear this. I'm not saying it is my responsibility for her to be able to do that but I actually play a vital part in that process. Do you, are you still with me? So what, okay, so, so, so that means on the day that my wife stands before the Lord, could you imagine him saying, Dan, you did a good job. That's what I want. That's what I want. So this is further than me just laying down my life for her. This is me leading and loving in a way that sees her stand before the Lord, blameless and perfect in his sight. Now, I understand this is Jesus that does this, that she plays a part in that as well, but I play a critical role in that. Okay, is that all right? All right, 
I preached this message at a wedding once. Not this exact message, but I preached on this passage. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, be prepared to die. Okay? <laughs> that, that makes people reconsider marriage. <laughs> like, real quick. Okay? Um, all right. I'm going to wrap. So, so I just want to land a couple of things. Um, this is a message in Ephesians. Okay, so this is not a message on marriage. Um, this is not a message on divorce. This is not condemnation in any way to anyone who's feeling today like, yeah, I haven't done such a great job in this area. You can feel that way whether you're married or not married and whatever's happened in the past, all right? But here's what I do want you to hear. I want you to hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit for each one of us to, to realise that the Lord takes this so seriously and that we actually get this honoured and privileged relationship that is a part of what he's doing in the kingdom as well. Um, when, I, when I got married, our pastor shared this story that's always stuck with me. And it's this story about this elderly couple and they'd been married for 50 years. And one night they sit down at the dinner table and uh, garlic bread's on the menu. And so the husband, he takes a knife and he, he gets the garlic bread and he cuts the end off and he puts it over on the wife's plate and then he starts to help himself. And the wife has had enough this night. She slams down her fist and she says, for over 50 years, you have been giving me the end of the garlic bread and I've had enough. And the husband looked at his wife and he said, well, dear, that's my favourite bit. <laughs> Isn't that good? What's my point? My point is we need to love sacrificially. And it, it could mean your rights, your favourite thing, the way that you want things done, but we put them aside so that we could submit to one another in Christ, right? Okay, um, we're going to keep reading just a couple of real quick things as I finish this up. What you'll notice is that the encouragement is always to mutual submission. So anyone who reads through this text and isolates things, you will miss what Paul is trying to share here. The next section in chapter 6 is about parents and children. So um, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Okay, this is going to Old Testament scripture. If you honour your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Okay, so same situation here. Children are called to honour their parents. But what we see is that there's a special note to fathers in verse 4. Okay, and man, this one hits home. All right. Fathers are called to not exasperate their children. Uh, in the NLT, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Now, I love the Lord and I also have teenage children, all right? I am very good at exasperating my children. As, as hard as I try not to, I am a professional at this, all right? So I can preach just so transparent and vulnerable on this today, okay? I need the Lord's help with this. Um, the next section, I know I'm flying through this, but just for time, stay with me. Uh, it talks about slaves and masters, and it might not be the language that we use so commonly today, but here's what Paul 
is expressing once again. Um, Verse 5, obey your masters with deep respect, serve them as you would serve Christ. Then he goes on to flip it and he says, masters, treat those under you in the same way. So once again, it's mutual submission. Now, this is totally applicable to you. Um, Many of us here are going to be employees and some of us here are going to be people who have other people working for us. But what an amazing opportunity for us to live like Christ in that relationship, right? The way that we live there, people should be able to see Jesus at work. Amen? So this is a real encouragement. There's some people who have come here today and you, like, like you're struggling with your boss, you're struggling with things in work, you're struggling with some people that work for you or are under you. Um, there's something in this for you to really seek the Lord and say, God, what's in this for me in this situation? All right, I'm going to get the team up just as I finish this and just kind of land the plane. Um, and we, get, we are just going to finish just with a song. So when I realised that this is what the Lord was saying to us on, on an AGM Sunday, at first I was like, God, this is a pretty weird message for an AGM Sunday, right? Um, but then as I got into it and I started really seeking him on what he was saying, I started to get excited. And I realised that God is calling us as a people here in Hope Community and beyond to be people who walk in the light, who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and who walk in submission, both to God and to each other. That submission appears in their relationships as love and honour and respect that comes from Christ. And I thought, Father, what a beautiful message for a day like this. And here's the truth of our heart here at Hope Communities, that we don't want to see anyone slip and fall that in, with all the do's and the don'ts that Paul has outlined here, we want to see people actually walking in this place, right? And so maybe today there is something in your life that you actually need to walk away from. And maybe Holy Spirit's been pointing that out just as we've been sharing in this time. But there are things that you actually need to walk away from to be able to walk the way that God wants you to walk. And this is my encouragement as we finish up, as we move into this just final song of worship, is that you just be really open to Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, is there something I need to leave behind? Is there something I need to walk away from, to walk the way that you are calling me to walk? And here's my encouragement, is that Jesus makes it possible. It's only with Jesus that we can do this. He's both the example for us and He's the reason that we walk this way as well. And He's going to help you. He's set you apart. If you're here as a follower of Jesus, He has set you apart from what is common. He's set you apart for His plans and purposes. The common does not belong in our lives. He's got great plans and purposes for each one of us. And so I just want to invite you, jump on your feet. So Father, we just receive Your Word here today in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, 
come and do your work right now as we come into this place of honest reflection. We pray that you'll speak out of your word through Ephesians 5 and 6, Father, that you'll speak into our minds, speak into our hearts, Lord, and that you'll start something in motion today. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you that this doesn't come as condemnation in any way, but the encouragement with your heart, Lord, that you've saved us, but you're not finished with us yet, that there's more. And Holy Spirit, we just say yes this morning. Yes to you speaking. Yes to you pointing things out. Yes to you leading us forward with whatever you have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.